Um, it's the most Sundayest Wednesday of all time here in New York City. It is. Mm. Yom Kippur. We're reflecting. We've apologized. We are resetting and people are fasting and then the sun will set and they will break the fast, which when I was little, I thought meant they ate breakfast. Hmm. That's what that word means. I mean, break the fast of night in the morning. Right. Or break the fast of fasting for Yom Kippur. I know it's not, that's not how you say it, but Emily and I always, BB and I always used to say Kipper. The kips. <laughs> yeah, I'd be the like, kips. are you fasting for the Kips this year? She'd be like, yep, fasting <laughs> for the Kips. No, I'm wishing you all and I hope you all had an easy and reflective fast if you partake in if you're Yom if, Kippur activities. Yes. If you celebrate. I don't is it celebrating really? Well, it's a little somber, but it's a reset. Yeah. You know, it's a little somber. And yeah. you are ref- you're supposed to really be reflective and make amends to anyone for the year. And then you get to start new, really, tomorrow. All that's, new. Washed clean. I think I think it's good. good. Do you have anyone to apologize for this from this past year? Um I think that I usually try to apologize in the moment to the per- but are you mm-hmm. are you supposed to like revisit it? It's a good question. Like, I don't know. I know that you're supposed to be reflective and then like maybe things show up. I got yeah. I received I received an apology this oh, year. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it was nice. It was actually really, really nice. Like I was, um, it was unexpected and, uh, and it was a nice text message to receive. Oh, I like that. I love whoever did that. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess I'd be curious to know if you're supposed to like re-apologize for, you know, for something that you'd already apologize for in the moment. But I usually try to apologize. I don't have the Jewish book of why on my shelf. Here. Yeah. So that's a, it's that's a great a book question. to have, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose I, I could on always. Kippur. <laughs> Do you re-apologize? Hmm. A time to forgive others and ourselves. Well, you can also, I think that's also the day of atonement. You can, you can, also forgive choose to forgive others okay because it is a return to the holy state of being a return to god right um and so you are asked to have the courage and strength to look deeply within your hearts and search your souls and saying sorry is essential on the path to seek forgiveness and become a better human being but do you can if you already did it, do you have to do it again? <laughs> oh, but listen, but you know what? But you know what they do say, and I love this. I love Hey Alma. That's a really good um, it's basically like the Jewish book of why online. Okay. Um, heyalma.com. Uh, but they have this article right here, and it's like, uh, you know, the truth is if it is the right time, um, then that's fantastic and that's what you should do. Um, but if 
it seems like perhaps it might re-trigger, re-traumatize the person and the apologizing is really for you, they're saying maybe not. Oh, interesting. Maybe you have to like, you have to, you have to deal with it. Right. On your own. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Listen, this is also heyalma.com doesn't love a text apology, but I felt like it was fine for me. Well, I think it, you know, it depends on how you communicate with a person and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yes. And it says you have to understand they might not forgive you. Right. I have a feeling that, I have a feeling that perhaps this is really, um, for things that you haven't kind of acknowledged. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's just me sort of inferring. I can't find the answer. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the truth is I could owe many apologies that I'm not aware that I owe um, because that's always a concern that you did something that hurt someone that you're just, mm-hmm. that you just don't know. But if I know that I hurt someone's feelings uh, or that I harmed them in any way, I usually try to apologize Right away. Well, I I don't want to lie and say I try to apologize right away. I try to get as quickly to a place where my apology will be sincere and helpful. Um, and, you know, and then deliver an apology. But sometimes if you apologize right away, it um, it's not good either because you're just doing it to get it over with. And right. it has like an angry tone to it or an embarrassed tone or like... There, I said sorry. You happy? You know, and that's, yeah, that's like a like a petulant teenager. Yeah, that's no apology <laughs> at all. So I would prefer to to not deliver an apology like that. But I don't know. Whoever's listening to this, if I owe you an apology, let me know. You tell me. Well, no, that's not good either. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, I know if I've wronged anyone. How, do you feel like you owe anyone an apology? And will you text mm. it to them? Mm. Hmm. I think that I do owe some people apologies and I think that the people that I owe apologies to would not be, um, would not benefit from me reaching out in this moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I totally know what you mean. Yeah. So I think that I, that's like a continuous work for me, you know, because there's also like, you know, if you have hurt someone, and then you just continue to like ruminate there there's a way you know you have to be able to like learn and move on right especially if you're not going to reach out you know yes well so there's that <laughs> Wait, so I think guys, that's, I think that's good though. I just want to say I think that apologizing is really like a nearly lost art. My god, is it ever. And I just I think that like I wasn't I don't know that I really learned how to give a good apology growing up and I don't know that I ever received a great apology from anyone and uh lord knows that, you know, that things happen in every person's life where, you know, an apology 
uh, would go a long way to repair some of the damage. And um, so I always think, well, you know, I don't think that whatever's true for me is universally true for everyone. Obviously, that's not the case. I don't think my lived experience is everyone's lived experience. But I do sometimes think, like, if I'm feeling a certain type of way, there's a good chance that a lot of people feel that way. So I bet there are a lot of people that just feel kind of like they don't know how to apologize. They don't even begin to know like where to tackle an apology. Um, I think that for me, like before the Hoffman Institute, it was really, it was much harder for me to genuinely apologize. Yeah. Because I think that part of that work in the week is like learning how to take responsibility Mm -hmm. and but like really take responsibility. And even if you feel, I don't know, justified or like it was in reaction to or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's still your choice. Always your behavior is your choice. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like if you like shoot an abuser or something, you know what I'm saying? Right. No, I know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Yeah, but apologizing is really hard for people. Even people who think they're good at it, it's bad for them sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, it's scary, right? Because you're being vulnerable. You're admitting wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. um, You don't know how the other person is going to react, and you don't have any control over that. And obviously, like, you know, you're you're not supposed to really be apologizing for yourself, but obviously everyone's hoping to be forgiven or absolved of something. And it's so uncomfortable that a thing that I see time and time again is when someone does something that harms like a, you know, a person or like a group of people, a notable person could be Kanye West, could be like anything. (laughs) Well, I mean, he just did. So I'm Yeah, he just did with the, yeah, with the White Lives Matter shirts. Don't even say it. I mean, stupid t-shirts. Fucking idiotic t-shirts. In case you didn't see. And then his post. That's the worst apology of all time. See, this is exactly what we're talking about. But then the thing that makes me realize how uncomfortable we are with apologies is very often when something happens in a public forum, like say someone makes an apology on Instagram, so many people who, to, to whom are, I don't know how to say this. So many people who, who aren't affected by it and who aren't the ones who are being apologized to will often jump in and accept the apology. We love you, queen. No worries. (laughs) That's okay. We know what you meant. They'll be okay. You know, and, and that's a, and that's like, to me, that signals how uncomfortable we are with sitting with an apology and like the feeling that we have to like end it. And we have to try to like absolve each other for a thing that like, it's not our right to absolve someone of. It's not our right to accept the apology. Um, Also, like that was the thing that, I always, I always think is so interesting. Like, um, you know, I don't think that, I think you have choices when people apologize to you. Right. And like your choice can be to accept it, to deal, like to deal with your own hurt and then, and forgive them and move on basically. Yeah. You know, or not to, but I 
do think that this is another Hoffman thing, that the onus like becomes on you if someone is apologizing to you, if you say you accept it, but you still are holding resentment. Yes. And then you act that resentment out in other, like in a million tiny or big ways. Yes. Um, that is actually not great. That's not healthy either. Yeah, I think not healthy either. You have to be really specific. Here's the three ways I have accepted apologies. I have just fully accepted the apology and said, yes, we're good. And so I have been so grateful that the like bad time is over and we go immediately back to loving each other in the same way. Admittedly, that's for like pretty minor infractions that, you know, are like easy to get over. The other two things I have done is I have accepted an apology, but said it's going to, you know, I accept your apology. Thank you for that. It's going to take me a while to trust you again or to get over my anger at this. So you have to be patient with me and, you know, and that's how it's going to be for a while. And I've also said, like, I accept your apology. I thank you for it. I think that it's probably better based on this if we just don't go forward in the relationship that we're in. But yeah, I appreciate the apology. That's intense. Yeah, it is. But um, luckily that's like the least used of the apology acceptances. I mean, it is wild. Like breaking up with friends is so traumatic. Yeah. It is. I feel like the pandemic must have like cleared a lot of people out of other people's lives. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just because like we all had time to think and we all had time to sort of ruminate about things that had happened in the past and how present people were in our lives now. And yeah, uh, and I think that it just it gave this natural, obviously, like not natural, but it gave a break in social gatherings and activities so that like you, you know, that's the kind of thing that sort of keeps people in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and then that was gone. So I think then the people who weren't invested in staying in touch didn't stay in touch. Right. Right. And I also I think like it good, like, sorry. Brought, no, I was just going to say, I think it brought, Like we, you can be friends with someone in that kind of like social life, like you were talking about, and it's all very surface level. You know, you're talking about shows that you like and, you know, clothes, a lot of clothing talk um, is, is what I always hear and, you know, just very surface level stuff. But then when- can you just admit that you want to be a fashion influencer? And can we just get this over with? Because <laughs> yes, I want to I be really, a fashion influencer. I actually think you... Okay, first of all, I'm not kidding. I think you should be. <laughs> like, you have everything going for you to change that account right on into a fashion account. <laughs> and That's listen, very nice. people pivot all the time. And you know what? This is a pivot for me in this conversation to now being about your new career as a fashion influencer. You are 50. (laughs) For now. Fucking adorable. Thank you. And like a regular sized human. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 
you don't have a billion fucking dollars to spend it's on clothing. True. It's and true. guess what? Number four, I'm holding fingers up, guys. You can't see it. <laughs> Number four, you always look fucking great. Thank you. That's I mean, so not nice. necessarily when we do this, but Yeah, I mean, we're just, you know, <laughs> basically pajamas. But like, the year that my sister was on Busy Tonight was like the cutest she dressed because she was around all you ladies who like brought it every day to work. <laughs> and I think Leanne had always thought that like fashion was just for skinny people. Yeah. You know what I mean? She yeah. really did. Like yeah. that was because I don't blame her. That is legitimately well, like that, a thing yeah, my mom. Well, first of all, that... it was the message when we, gr- for us growing up, right? Yeah. Like a hundred percent. And also like, I remember my mom being so discouraged when she would fluctuate in weight growing up. Like, yeah that the fat, she would call it the fat ladies department. Right, right. She'd be like, the, the fat ladies were... department is in the corner and they don't have anything good, you know? And she wasn't wrong. It was just yeah. like. No, yeah, it it's, it. we've come a long way in terms of what's available. It still is frustrating. I will say that it's very oh. frustrating when, and we've talked about this <laughs> before on the podcast, when, um, a brand announces that they're doing extended sizes and you get so excited because you've been dying to wear their clothes forever. And it's just like a gray a tunic and a black tunic. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> like, or is it just to size 12? Yes, that also happens. And then there's been a lot of like, um, you know, trying to, uh, I guess, trying to like unify global sizes. And so sometimes like, it's very weird, like, like, a U.S. like 2X would have to like buy a 5X in some brands or whatever. Um, that's why I always say just go by the measurements. Like just do do your measurements, suck it up. I know it's not. Oh, I know. Most- My mom had notes about our merch sizes. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know, mom, did you look at the measurements? And she's like, well, no, I just ordered what I normally order. <laughs> I was like, well, mom, I think that that was the point of the measurements being on there. But bless, happy yeah. to exchange. Yeah. Um, I know. It's really interesting. You know, Mark and Abby wrote this thing into I Feel Pretty that happened to me after I had Birdie. Yeah. And um, I was shopping with Abby, uh, Mark's writing partner and directing partner, who's a very uh, slim, naturally, you know, just yeah. very tall and thin yeah, human. Yeah, willowy. Yes. Willowy is exactly what Abby <laughs> is. Um, and... I had had birdie, and if you read my book, you know I gained quite a bit of weight with the bird, and no, no shame in that game, but <laughs> I did, and uh, and so I was like a bit like I was. She was like I don't know, five months old or four months old, yeah. And we were shopping for the premiere of He's Just Not That Into You, yeah. This is before I even had a stylist. I didn't have a. I didn't work with Carla Welch. That's how right. long ago this was. Fourteen years ago. And we went into Intermix on Robertson in Los Angeles. And I have no problem naming the store yeah. because it's fucking shitty. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like maybe their, and hopefully their policies have changed in 14 years. Well, maybe we shouldn't name the store because maybe, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, or maybe it does. I don't Back get then, started. we're talking whatever. about 14 years ago. 14 years ago. Um. We were in there. Abby, the sales girl, was like helping Abby, pulling all of these things, whatever. I was really, you know, trying to figure out my body like that, especially after your first child when you're like postpartum and you're just like, I don't even understand 
what is where. Right, for sure. Yeah, like, it's like it's all gelatinous. <laughs> like we were, everything I, is like wet. My husband always said it's like when you <laughs> unpack an IKEA box and you try to put the stuff back in it, it's not it, it's never going no. in back it's the never same going way back that, the same. Yeah. A hundred percent. My rib cage is proof. For sure. For sure. But anyway, so I was like, you know, and I was like, it was hard for me. It was just hard. It was tricky. And I was like looking around and I saw this really cute dress and I asked the sales girl, it was a size two. And I asked the sales girl um, if they had any other sizes. And she like looked at me in a, a withering look to me and said, you know, we really don't carry anything over a six in the store. So all of the larger sizes are going to be online. Uh. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess you never want my money again. Like, right, <laughs> right. It's like fucking nuts. You know, but it was like this huge store packed to the gills with dresses. Right. And also that just seems impossible. It's impossible. It it literally seemed like she was just being a dick. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, but that still, that happens still today where the plus sizes are only carried online for certain Oh, I know because Katie Storino talks, like calls them out. Yeah. But thank God for like, you know, Katie. Yeah, she does. She does great work. It's so good. Um, yeah, I love. There's there's so many like plus size fashion influencer bloggers. You know that what? Can I, I love. Stop, 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 stop. stop. We're not talking about their careers. We're talking about yours <laughs> right now. We're talking about your career, oh your goodness. unique perspective, and your fashion influencing career that is taking off right now. It's taking right now. off. It's taking- no, I'm. Ta- Casey, stop it. <laughs> You're doing the thing. I hate it when you do this. You know when I have an idea and I'm right and I'm right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm on it. I'm You have kids that can take pictures. It's true. Adults. Adult children. Adult. Right. We know children. you guys know that. Okay. You have you have in-house photography. Mm-hmm. You have the style. That's all you need. You've got, you can tag the clothes. <laughs> the next thing you know. Money starts rolling in. <laughs> we'll see. We'll. See. I'd. I'd be happy with like um, just to be friends with some of my favorite clothing brands. They. I like some of these companies. You know what? I, like what I just fully. Doing. I just fully uh, got myself a free outfit online. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Because I uh, had posted. I. It actually is. It is literally my favorite blazer of the season. Okay. And Stacy uh it's not Stacy Hampton, but I call her right, Stacy right, Hampton. Right, right. <laughs> Hampton. She always like she always like it's Stacy Smallwood. But oh. she la- she laughs because when I met her like 7 years ago, this is my friend who lives in South Carolina. All my friends in South Carolina were fine, by the way. Thank you for everybody who reached out and checked in on my friends. Yes. Um that was really sweet. Uh but Stacy, when I met Stacy, like, oh my God, eight years ago now? Yeah. That's insane. Eight years ago, you know, she, we met and I put her in my phone. She was like, we should get a drink, like da 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 da. And then I put her in my phone as Stacy Hampton, because <laughs> the name of her store the name is of Hampton her store. Clothing. And then I just never changed it. 
It's we're like, like very good friends. Like we've been on vacation together. Yeah, she was at she was my at 40th birthday. birthday. I like, know, no, that's we're where good I met her. friends. She comes up to New York. Like, she's in New York now a lot. We see each other. Um, we're very good friends. And I she is literally still in my phone under Stacey Hampton. It's like how we call Chad Mum, who works at Vox, Chad Vox. A hundred percent. I'm trying to think if I have other ones like that. I do. We're like I know Donald I Trump, do. like when he called um that guy Tim Apple. Wait, he- wait, wait, look, I have Paul Acupuncture. <laughs> I have Kara Agatha Mom. I have Alice Birdie's friend. <laughs> I have Amanda Vote Mama. Um, I have Amelia Abortion. <laughs> She's the one that start Amelia started Shout Your Abortion. Yeah. So I just have her as Amelia Abortion. Of course. Obviously. I mean, that is, this is actually pretty funny. Oh I've never God. even thought to look at that. Like, look at how many people I have under weird I have so many names. like celebrities in my phone that are under like fake names that I, I never made up do that. And- if anyone stole my phone, they would just immediately be able to go right to the celebrities. They're always under first name, last name, exactly <laughs> what it is. Like I truly. love that. I always feel like I would feel so terrible if someone got a hold of my phone and like was able to contact someone. But then a lot of times I can't find the person because I can't remember what fake name I made up for them or what fake name they gave me. Um, I think only Angela Kinsey ever was like, don't put it under a fake name. You'll never find it. I actually think, but that's like, to me, that is very true. Yes. And obviously you are. Yeah, but I have things like, yeah, like Bill, Emily's friend. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it just helps to have some context. Jesse, yeah. Brooklyn Nuts. Come on. Brooklyn Nuts. Nets, Nets, N E T T. I thought you said Brooklyn Nuts. I was like, Whoa. Brooklyn Nuts, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry about my dogs barking. There's no one here to That's make them all right. stop. That's this is all right. just a bonus podcast. That it's we a got. free for all. It's a free because for I texted, all. I texted you because I was just like, I literally have been feeling this way recently a lot when we do the podcast where I'm like, we do it. And then, then and then like, Anywhere from like an hour to like six hours later, I'm like, well, we really missed out on all of the things I wanted to talk about. I didn't talk about any of it. For instance, this, I didn't, I should have made a list. I didn't make a list. I was very tired. I think I'm struggling with a sinus infection. Yeah. I'm going to see my doctor that I got on ZocDoc, even though this is a non-sponsored podcast. (laughs) This is a special shout out to ZocDoc because I'm going to see my sinus doctor. We really do use it. Tomorrow... Uh, afternoon. So I'll find out because I was going to maybe go to Chicago this weekend, but, um, which was another thing I wanted to talk about, but anyway. Okay. So number one, Birdie accidentally, not accidentally went viral on Twitter and Instagram with, and it was with the picture that they posted of herself with Harry Styles. Now, remember, I said I'm not posting it on my social media. It's not for right. me to post. Right. It was a private thing that happened. I wasn't even fucking there. We all know the story now. If you don't know the story, you can listen to the live episode. I tell the story. Live in Toronto. Live in Toronto. But I want to add this to the story a little bit because I feel like I didn't get a chance to say this because at that point I was so stressed about Otsko being late for her show. Yeah. That she was going to and that I had told her before the show that it would be 15 minutes and it had been 55. Yeah. 
that I just kind of sped through the end. And here's what I want to say. I cannot speak to dramas, big nor small, involving one Miss Olivia Wilde. But here's what I will say. What that move that she did was literally one of the most intuitive, greatest gifts that she ever could have given my child, which was to have an experience independent of her famous mother when every experience that Birdie has ever had, no matter how extraordinary or special, has also been an experience that has then been kind of about me. Right, right. Yeah, that, I think that's a huge deal. And I, it took me out. Oh, oh my God, Jesus Christ. And it took me, that was just my knee Are going into okay? the desk, guys. If you wonder why I have knee problems. Anyway, and I just want to say that because it was like a very, I didn't even, I never thought about that until I had those 10 minutes alone in that weird side room to reflect while my child was meeting Harry Styles. And in that time, I like went through all of the things that I've been able to, the perks that Birdie has gotten because I am their mom. But that all of those experiences had never been like just their experience and no matter how fucking rad I am, I mean, we can all agree. <laughs> it's like, if I were choosing a mom, I would choose me for sure. Sure. However, I'm still like Birdie's mom and I'm like embarrassing and I say the wrong things sometimes and I'm like, I'm me, you know, like I'm like, Wah! like, and so anyway, all of this to say that I just was so grateful to Olivia's like kindness and understanding in that moment that because I didn't need I honestly I didn't need to meet Harry Styles like right I think he's so great it becomes a different thing at that point yeah that's what I'm saying like it it then always becomes and I Okay, it's so funny because I saw Colin, you know, this past week and we've known each other for 25 years, which is just fucking nuts, just nuts to know anyone that long because yeah. I feel like a child still, but we are not children. Um, and I remembered, you know, the first time I met Tori Amos, I was with Colin yeah, and we got, he got, he was able to do that because he had his dad like pull a string you know yeah. what I mean? At his agency. Because it was before either one of us was on television. Right. And I remembered, like, I just remember that experience and, like, how that was the most starstruck I've ever been in my life. That first Aww. time I met Tori Amos, I was, yeah. like, I was 18. I was 18 yeah. years old. And I was just, like, couldn't get the words out. Like, she saved my life. Like, what are you say to that person, you know? Right. But I remember when she said something to Colin and she asked, I think she, I don't know, she asked something and then she figured out that who his dad was. And then she was like, oh, that guy? Well, it actually was really funny because 
he was talking about how incredible her piano was. And there these she plays on these really beautiful, they're Bosendorfers, I think is how you say it. Okay. Bose Bosendorfer, Bosendorfer. But they're like these like bespoke custom like, you know, like wood found from like monks in, I don't even know. You know what I mean? Right. They're yeah, like just very special instruments. It's like very, they're very special, very fucking expensive pianos. They're obviously. like the crystal flutes of pianos. That's exactly right. Except, <laughs> yes, but like, but like you could just buy one. You don't right. have to go to the, you know, you don't have to. The library, of Congress. The library yeah. of Con- no. Congress doesn't have to yes. invite you to play. But anyway, and so, and then he was like, I mean, I would, I don't know, whatever. We were talking about the pianos. And then she like figured out that who Colin's dad was. And she was like, oh, that guy, tell him to buy you one. He can afford it. Well, like, it was really funny. Yeah. But then I just felt like, I don't know. Then I just felt like, oh, she's not going to remember me. By the way, she did remember me years later. Aww. That's so sweet. But I just knew that feeling like in that moment. Do you then know what it I'm saying? About another yes. thing and another. Yes, because, yes. yes. It's and like it be- I always think about like whenever, even, even just being a regular parent, like a lot of times when you make something happen for your kid, it becomes a lot about like the person, the per, like say they're meeting someone. Uh, and you introduce them to someone exciting. And even as a regular parent, it becomes a lot about that person, like, enjoying your reaction to seeing your kid meeting this person or, like, getting your approval. Like, is this what you wanted for your kid? Or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it, you know, even, like, meeting, like, a Disney character at a theme park. So, yeah, there's something so cool about that birdie just got to have it. I know. And it was really sweet and really special. And then I can't, it was, we woke up Saturday. I think it was Saturday. I think Bertie, no, it was Sunday. So Bertie was out with her friends at that Muna concert on Saturday night. And her one friend is like older, the older sister, her friend is like, she's like 16, you know? Yeah. And she's definitely like, I can't believe you haven't posted that photo. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Birdie does not have a public Instagram right, account. Right. And she does not, they don't have a public uh, TikTok either. Right. But what I didn't know was that Birdie had a public Twitter account that oh. was so that that Mark had gotten for Birdie because like when she wanted to follow the dream SMP like on Twitter. And so, and I wasn't even aware that this was even happening. So I wake up on Sunday and I was trying to redo my closet, the winter, summer to winter or whatever, which is just a whole. Yeah. And I started like, and I just opened Twitter and I saw these people tagging me. And they're like, um, that's not a fan. That's at Busy Phillips's daughter. And I was like, what? And I look and all of these like Harry Styles fan accounts have found right. this picture, which when Birdie, so Birdie woke up a f- several hours later and came downstairs and was like, hey, mom. And I was like, hi. And Birdie's like, um, so I was like, mm-hmm, <laughs> tell me everything. 
She's like, I accidentally kind of went viral on social media. And I was like, oh, you accidentally posted a photo of you and Harry Styles to the one public account you have. And then it just happened. (laughs) And Birdie was like, "Mm." I was like, look, I'm honestly not mad at all. I get it. Like you're 14. You got to meet fucking Harry Styles. Like you want people to know and see the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just want to always protect you. And I didn't know you had uh, an unprivate Twitter account to like look at that. post it on. Yeah. Yeah. But just to like stalk, not stalk, whatever it is. Troll, (laughs) not troll. What is it? Just follow. Just Just follow. Just to follow people. People have those. To lurk. Yes. Yeah. But that seems weird because. Birdie's well, not really. Yeah, just follow. But that's, to follow. but that's, yeah, that's the internet parlance for someone that doesn't really participate. They just look at things and they have an account to just Mark's look at a things. lurker. Mark yeah. has a lurking account on like everything. Yeah. So, you know. Although he's occasionally um, posts stories. Yes. Occasionally. But he doesn't post photos anymore at all. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I follow him. I see his, I see his work. Do you? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I go through phases and I'm like, I haven't seen one fucking thing of you forever. Like we have that other friend. Like I had to actively go look at that other friend's post because it never showed up. And it's like, they're in my close friends group. Instagram is just, trash. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm always like, well, is it something that like I'm doing or could I be doing something different? It's so weird to me that you can like post a picture and like so many people will see it and like it and acknowledge it. And then you post something the next day that, you know, I'm going to say I'm still the same person. It's probably similar in tone and like no one sees it and no one, you know, and it's fine, but I just, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. I'm not entitled to the likes. I'm not entitled to the clicks. It's just weird because like I'm on there because I want to see my friends. And so I feel like if people aren't seeing my stuff, I'm not seeing their stuff. And then that's so sad. And now I mean, you're do- for sure not seeing their stuff. Yeah. I and- like, I'm just like constantly like, I see the same like three people's shit yes, over that's and what over I'm again. I was and saying to all you these about, ads like, now. Jenny Mullen was like at the top of my feed on both like on both the podcast feed and my personal feed. It makes no sense. Every time I opened Instagram, it was only posts from Jenny Mullen, who I love and think is great. But like, it was, I want to keep up with you, babe. But like, but honestly, it was like, it's stuff, too much. <laughs> it was stuff that I'd already seen and liked. Right. So I was Wait, just like, I don't know. How need is it. that a thing in their I algorithm? Know. I don't Guys, know. Again, 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 if we could start our own social meds, I would. I don't know how to be Jeremy Renner. I don't have those powers. <laughs> I just don't it have the It didn't go powers. so great for him. So, you know, yeah. Hey, listen, you know what I think? What? Wait, that's so weird. That's the fucking girl I was just talking about. Hold on oh, one second. Let okay. me just sure. hold on. Yeah. Hello? That's okay. You did. Call me. Oh, no worries. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, bye. Oh, my goodness. So weird. Wait, first of all, she says that it butt dialed me, which is possible. But yeah. it's just funny that I just got this call from the sister, the little girl that I was just talking about. Yeah, that's so and weird. And she was like, it was butt dial. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, it's okay, don't worry about it. Um, but that's really funny. That is so weird. 
Witchy. We're Witchy. getting ready for our Witchy. Man. Yeah. I mean, if we knew how to invent a social media app, I guess we would. Um, I'm still trying to do, you know, I still. Headbands. Still trying to do headbands and still trying to, like, I love my Do I Look Good in This Color app. I, re- I think it's, you know, I think. You got to get over that and we got to start. You need to, no, stop that. <laughs> you got to, you have to, you're, you're a fashion influencer, okay. blogger the, now. Sh- for, okay. sh- for short-legged people. That's what I've, re- this is like, this is what has spurred my whole like fashion, you know, is because like I haven't bought clothes in so long. I haven't bought clothing in so long because of like the pandemic and just, you know, everybody's finances are bad, but also. I was literally about to say we had to batten down the hatches, but I don't know did. if that's like actually <laughs> what, <laughs> what we should be saying, but it's we, what it feels like. Yeah. We had to like tighten our belts. And, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. so I didn't buy clothing for so long. And then, um, you know, just like had a couple things coming up, you know, we were doing a live show and I'm going to this festival and stuff. So I bought a few things and it was really like realizing, honest to goodness, that my legs, like I knew that my legs were short-ish, but I didn't realize that they were like legitimately short enough to wear short length pants. That's like a weird thing. Like You're petite. Yes, petite on the bottom and like regular on the top. Like like what are the is that regular? What do they call that? Regular, right? Tall, regular or short or yeah. petite or whatever. But um this is like a thing. This is where we could stand to be more clear with people. Like mm-hmm. measure your inseam, know your inseam, mm-hmm. measure the inseam of pants that you want to get. Mm-hmm. It's wild. I've bought clothes that have like a th- like pants that have a 33 inch inseam. And I'm like, that my seems sons, too long. That seems it's too long. Too long. My sons yeah. are six foot two and they don't have 30, 33 inch inseams. So <laughs> it's just it, but that's like like not knowing what your bra size is, that like 80% of women are walking around in the wrong size bra. Oh, for sure I am. hundred <laughs> percent. I think a lot of uh, women aren't, um, we we just aren't told. Like men's pants regularly come in lengths. And so men regularly Mm -hmm. know their preferred inseam length. What a shock. What a shock. Men have something that's just just taken care of them. (laughs) Taken care for them. Yeah. What do you, what do you think that is? Do you, do we think that that's like some kind of thing where they're like, oh, men will never hem their pants, but women will hem their pants. I think it's just like a lack of consideration for women slash women were later to the pant game. Yeah. But it's so like all of those, I don't know, like, you know, I think that I think, yeah, or just like ingrained misogyny where they're like, yeah, we couldn't even begin because ladies just are so picky. <laughs> so we, so there would be too many lengths we would have to do. You know what I mean? Like, I just think they would just no, be like, just it's not, heels. it's not worth it. Yeah. Well, though. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't fucking know. But I just think it's like. It further complicates everything. So if you have, you know, if you've been feeling like pants never fit you right, maybe just measure your inseam and then again, start to check the size charts on things because it'll generally tell I you. I have to say size charts have been very good to me recently. Yeah, you really... Also, I do have a thing with pants, though. My true waist is small. Uh-huh. Like, and then it's... But then it's like... 
you know, my butt and like hips don't fit in that size. Yes. But yes. if I get the size up, then the, then waist, the, the waist band gaps. is just like gaps. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that is, I do think it is a fucking bummer and annoying to like yeah. get them taken in. Yeah. Oh my God. Cricket went over for a play date and the mom just sent me the funniest picture of them playing Twister. Aww. It's really cute. That's super cute. Oh my goodness. That is so cute. What is that person honking about out there? I don't know. Someone in Manhattan is having a falling down moment. Well, they need to knock it off. It's Yom Kippur. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's a new beginning. You're right. You yeah, know why I know I have a sinus infection? Why? My molars hurt. That's that's rough. Yeah. I I feel like every thing in my head is really sensitive and I would fully rather get like, I would rather get abdominal surgery than do anything that had to do with my head. You know what I mean? Like I do not like anything being wrong with my head, but to when be clear, I, I don't want surgery. No, no, I know. But yeah. I'm just saying like, I would rather have, I would rather have anything done than someone say like you need to get like oral surgery or something because I just feel like my entire skull is so sensitive and fragile and when I used to do gymnastics my molars would really hurt when I was doing gymnastics and it was because of wisdom teeth oh such a bummer it would just be like all that like your heartbeat goes right to the back of your mouth and it sucks okay wait what else do we have to talk about what else did we have to talk about? So I did, the- I, I have started to get a bruise on my leg from my um, Duluth fall, but it still doesn't hurt. It's so weird. You know what? You remember when I fell in the rain with Will? Yeah. The, the This like fatty part of the palm of my hand right here, yeah. it did hurt for a little bit. Oh, after. did it? Yeah. This is like a pretty it was a, big it was like, bruise. This is ooh, like, it's like. Bruise. It's like, um, I'm going to say like a six by six bruise, but it doesn't hurt at all. So six I'm eight by six feet, not six feet. I'm that would be more than me, but it's a, like a six by six. Speaking inch by of which, inch. so you put up the, this was another thing. You put up the fucking skeleton. Yes, we put up this. The boys put it up while I was gone. Was it a surprise to you? Were you happy or were you a little bummed that you missed the inaugural raising of the skeleton no I was happy they did it perfectly it was exactly how I envisioned it and they really like my husband really tethered it six ways to Sunday so that it won't blow over in any winds and um and my sons are enjoying that every time they go out the door our little neighbor kids are standing around the skeleton like looking at it because it has really creepy eyes like animatronic eyes (laughs) And uh, so they're always standing around the skeleton and then they scurry whenever anyone comes out of the house, which is kind of adorable. Oh, my God. My friend Gil just texted me that he's wandering around near my neighborhood where the house is, where the family house is. And he's Aww. like, do you want to meet up? And I like they live in London. Aww. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I am at Casa Kismet doing an emergency episode of the pod. Damn it. <laughs> pod damn it. Is it Gil from the show Allie McBeal? No, but that'd be amazing. No, it's my friend Gil, who's married to my friend Eliza, who I met in prenatal yoga oh, nice. with Birdie and her daughter, Una. Aww. And Gil is the nicest. Um, um, 
in our, uh, I didn't take prenatal yoga, but in our Lamaze class, um, Lee Ronaldo from the band Sonic Youth and his girlfriend were in our Lamaze very class. Very cool. Very and fucking cool. Matt could not handle it at all. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to either. Jesus, are you kidding? They Wait, broke us say- up into groups and told us to introduce ourselves to each other. And Lee Ronaldo like took a breath to say, I'm Lee Ronaldo. And Matt goes, I know who you are. No, Matt. <laughs> Matt, be cool. Matt, Matt, <laughs> be cool, Matt. Uh, it was so funny to me. <sighs> and I really think he funny. thought like we were going to become like best newborn parent friends. Sure. But it didn't really, it didn't really break that way for us. Birdie was so funny the other day. Um, Birdie pitched that I have one last child with Mark. And Birdie was like, you can just do, um, you know, IVF or artificial insemination. So you guys don't even have to have sex again. And I was <laughs> oh like, oh, okay. <laughs> You know what? I think we're good on the kids, babe. I think we've got our hands full. I'm not looking to make yet another financial investment with Mark. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me? Like, also, it was just so funny. Birdie is just like such an enjoyable weirdo. I just love Birdie so much. Um, God, isn't it great? I just want to say, if you're like a parent who's fucking in it with your kid right now, I feel you so hard. I've been there and just, and Casey has too. And I remember Casey used to like say this to me. Oh no, I'm going to cry. Like a year ago, two years ago, where you're like, I get it. I promise you, like it will, you got to keep doing the work and like go, you know, whatever you need to do but it will turn, like it will get better. And I literally remember thinking in 2019, no, I like early 2020, I remember thinking like, it will never get better. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. I know. It, in that moment, it does. Yeah. That actually, it's really weird that Gil is the one that just texted me because I had been thinking about that trip to London. Yeah. Because, you know, I had seen Alex Edelman there and then I saw his show here not that long ago. And like, it just, I don't know. So that, I don't know. And Gil was, I saw Gil, the only other person I saw in London that trip, I saw Fern Cotton. I did that. I did her podcast and we saw the YouTubers that Birdie met, Dan and Phil. And then I saw Alex and my friend Gil. And we walked around in the rain in Soho and like, it was so great. Like Gil is such a positive person. He's a director. He, um, and Eliza's like an incredible artist and, um, and an art director as like a job, but she does really incredible, um, quilt art. Oh, cool. Yeah. She's fucking rad. I have a, I bought a piece from her a while back, um, I just love her stuff. But anyway, but Gil is so positive and so like, um, just one of those people that you feel like sees it all and is able to have perspective. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was in a really bad place in that moment in time. And I, we walked around Soho a little bit and I remember him just being like, you got this. Like, I know you do. You know, it just, yeah. he's just like a really, it was really, 
just a fortuitous moment in time to see each other. Right. Yeah. The, it's funny how those moments, like, you remember them. Like, I wonder if he thinks anything of it. You know what I mean? Like, but for you, it meant the world. He probably just thought he was being his regular. You know what I mean? Totally. Like he, no, 100%. Yeah. Like, I think he, no, of course. Because he yeah. was, yeah. Because we just, like, ate at when, some vegan place and, like. Exactly. You know. Exactly. But, yeah, it is funny. But, like, I've had those things. I mean, you've had those things, I'm sure, too. Where For people sure. later or, like, years later will bring something up and say, like, I don't know if you remember saying this to me, but, like, in that moment, it was yes. fucking everything. And yes. it's always, you have to, like, I don't know. I think it's nice to know that you can have that kind of impact on people yeah. I, I mean, well, it's it's a good reminder, right? Because we right. also certainly carry around things that people have said to us thoughtlessly. You know, you can you can be positive you can be thoughtlessly positive or thoughtlessly negative, I guess. And and so we both also probably carried around things that people just tossed out, not even thinking about it, not even thinking that Well, that was the whole thing with that guy who got so fucking pissed that I wrote that thing in my book about a thing that he had said. Right. Like flip, you know, like he didn't yeah. even think about it. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. I was using that as a, it's a, that's the point. Right. Is that you, we don't like, especially people in positions of power rarely give a thought to the fact that like, they're any, you, I mean, you know, I, I feel like very aware of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what we were talking at at the beginning of the podcast about it being Yom Kippur and apologies and not knowing if you owe someone an apology. But if someone lets you know, if someone tells you like, gosh, this thing that you said, I'm sure you weren't aware how much it affected me, but it really did. And I've been hanging on to it for years and it it was tough, you know, like you have a choice in that moment, how you can react to that and be like, you know, mad at the person mad at the harmed person you know or like you can say you know what that sucks that sucks that I said that it reminds me of actually you know the um did you ever listen to the dead eyes podcast no that actor that like did a whole podcast based on losing a part um because uh his rep told him that Tom Hanks said he had dead eyes no Wait, what? What is this podcast? It's called Dead Eyes. Wait, hold on. I need a little wine. Hold on one second. Yeah. <laughs> I need wine for that. Doesn't it feel like Sunday? It does. It, this whole week has such a weird anyone, energy. Do people have to work and go to school? Other place? Is it just New York that is like on full fucking holiday today? I don't know. I mean, it just I don't, seems I don't like know a weirdly either. quiet day. Yeah. So anyway, back to okay. Dead, Dead Eyes Whoa, the podcast. I never even heard about this. Actor comedian Connor Ratliff, uh, uh-huh. who you'd know from the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and the Chris never Gethard watched it, but show. okay, never right. watched that. Mm-hmm. Embarks upon a quest to solve a very stupid mystery that has haunted him for two decades: why Tom Hanks fired him from a small role in the 2001 HBO miniseries Band of Brothers. And so he's the. Um, I started listening to it because eventually Tom Hanks came on the podcast and heard his side of everything that like a rep you know he was fired he got this role in this movie a small role 
And then he, I think he had to come back in and like retest for it or something. I don't know. And he did it. Which, in f- which movie? Band of Brothers, the miniseries oh. Band of Brothers. Oh. And he came back in and like re-auditioned and then they came out and told him like, it's not going your way. Like he, they've decided to make a change or whatever. And then he, I guess maybe he asked for feedback or something. And they said, Tom said, you have dead eyes. And so, you know, it's just really interesting. Like, I want to say Tom Hanks, and this was Tom Hanks's point, that he didn't say that directly to Connor Ratliff and that never should have been relayed to him. Somebody shouldn't have, Mm -hmm. like, um, and that's something that, like, a director might say about an actor, but it's not something that you would probably say to the actor. And, uh, but... But that being said, like, I think it, I think Tom Hanks did a great job of just like coming on the podcast and being like, oh, that must have really sucked. That, what a sucky Listen, thing to hear. And to, and to bring it back to Tom Hanks. Right. <laughs> I know that guy. I've known him since I was a kid. And he is actually, he's pretty great about a lot, you know. Yeah. He's, and obviously, I love his son. He's family to me. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's like, it's a thing where it's just bad all around, you know, because it's like, you say something in confidence, that's like your honest feedback in the moment. I left a manager, I left a manager because he would tell me the worst fucking things. Yeah, you know. It was like, I I was like, I know you think I'm tough and I can take, I can't take this. Right. Like, I can't hear these things. Right. Like, it's not, you need to come up with something better. Yeah. And also it's just like, you have to make that call. Like, I I mean, I've been in that position as like a person getting notes from the network that you're supposed to like relay to the talent to make the talent more palatable. We had some on Busy Tonight that you told me, and I'm sure we had some that you didn't tell me. And I don't want to know. Don't tell me now. (laughs) I will never tell you. No, please don't. But like, they really did. I mean, I just, from that, from that vantage point of being like a producer and the talent me, I'm talking about yeah. me now, um, and hearing the things that were able to get back to me that were right. pretty fucking harsh sometimes. Right. Like, I can only imagine. Right. It's really, it's a difficult position to be in to try to decide, like, because, like, I want to make a good show and I want to make a show that the network is pleased with, but I also want the person that I'm working with to feel proud of themselves and the show and to not be scarred for life. But like, that's, I mean, it's par for the course. Like I was just talking about this the other day. I worked on a show where everybody at the executive level wanted to fire one person from the show. And I was like, why? And they were like, her voice, hate her voice. We hate her voice. And I was like, does anyone, I mean, Fuck you guys for hating her voice, first of all. Which is like also just such ingrained misogyny, I'm sure, by the way. I mean, it is. But then you're also like, well, can we put it in the person's hands, though? Is it possible to put it in the person's hands to decide if they would like to try to To modulate modulate the voice? Right. Yeah. Of course. You know, by the way, that's what like actors and comedians do all the time for all kinds of things. Exactly. But they were just like, no, we're just going to fire her with no, you know, no feedback or whatever. Just say we don't need her anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just made a judgment call in, but it was very tricky. But I was like, can you let me try to talk to her and see if, 
modulating her voice is anything she even wants to try to do to try to make this work. And she she did, uh, and it did work, and she's a super talented person, and she told me this isn't the first time I've heard, you know, people complaining about my voice or whatever, so, you know, it's nothing new. But, like, that was fairly agonizing for me because I'm, like, not trying, you know, I'm trying to help someone keep their job Versus, like, tell them some feedback that is, like, I think bullshit and also might not be changeable or they might not want to change that. And so, you know, I don't know. But anyway, the the point is you can say just the smallest thing that you just think is just, like, an observation or that you're giving someone tough like- love or – but they'll carry it for their whole life. Sometimes. So casually cruel in the name of being honest, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Best quote ever. Yeah. Which I'm That's, like, oh, you know, that was a big thing a few years. I feel like when we started the podcast, I feel like people were, would be like, say the shittiest thing possible and be like, I'm just being honest. I'm not fake. I just like, sorry, just wanted to give you some feedback, but you guys are obnoxious. No one wants to listen to you talk that much. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and thank you. I'm just like, you can, you you can be honest to yourself without being like, like literally lashing out and being cruel to people that like, it doesn't serve any purpose, you know? Well, no, I mean the, there's also like, there are so many levels to it. I think that people not in the entertainment industry have now gotten a fucking taste of it in the last whatever, since social media has been invented and like, yeah. It's tough. People can't handle it. Yeah. Like when other people are just casually, but I'm just like trying to like help you out, you know, um, it's not, it's not helpful. Yeah. I like try to hold myself. I was thinking about this the other day because I really have done such a good job as I've gotten older, um, of reining in my gossip gene. Yeah. Because I have it. It's strong, man. I love it. I love gossip. I love being on the in on information. And like, you know, in a lot of ways, I think like people sometimes are like in my own industry or like, eek. Yeah. When I was (laughs) at that, that like independent television festival in Duluth with a, a posse of aspiring TV. Mm hmm you know, people as people that aspire to work in TV, my phone blew up because Trevor Noah had, like, said he was quitting The Daily oh, Show yeah, he in was the middle leaving. of a taping of The Daily Show. Uh-huh. And it was like, I mean, I wanted to tell everyone so badly. I wanted to break the news, but I didn't because I was just like, well, you know. But it, that was, yeah, it was like all of my text threads exploded with that news that he had decided to announce in the middle of a taping that he was leaving and that it was a surprise. What do you think they're going to do? I don't know. That's a good question. Should I throw my hat in the ring? Throw your hat in the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Casey, should it be you and me? Should we take over? Yes. Let's do You, me and Chelsea? Devonta? Yes. Yes. That'd be so fun. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they give it to me? Come on. (laughs) Guys. Give it to me, guys. I know you don't think I'm a comedian. I know you don't think I have any business. But guess what? Guess what? I sell the most. I do sell the most, motherfuckers. Um, oh, my gosh. Speaking um, of yeah, which, I'll if be, I could it, get one less fucking text message from 
any number of campaigns, I would be just fine. Someone gave my number to something Republican, so I keep getting. Oh, is texts. that a joke? As a, or or a, I or a, don't know, or I don't know if they like bought a list or something. You like, know, I got trolled by. Did I tell you about this? Did no. I even talk about this on here? No, it happened a while back. My like old email address got um because you know I changed my email. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so my old no my email address somebody got it from something. Yeah. It's tricky guys and gals people folks folks I don't like folks. We got to come up with something else. <laughs> it just, just always sounds like else. um a president obama impression when I say folks. Folks. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does kind of. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, wait. Anyway, someone got my email somehow. And then I don't know. It was like put it into some bot thing or they were just like they're a hacker, just really prolific, whatever. I don't even fucking know. I was signed up for – it was like my emails like I had to call Apple. I have like those those people's number, you know, like the – Yeah, yeah. Help people. Yeah. Ray, Ray, Ray was still my assistant at the time. And I was like, the emails wouldn't stop. It like started oh my God. and it was just like. Dun, 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 dun. It's like when Ray, it, when Ray left you. Well, that all was. Those- <laughs> that's got to be. We're going to write that into a movie or something. Like that has to be in something. It has to be in something. It's insane. Oh God. It's fucking insane. Okay. But yes, kind of like that. And it was just signing me up, volunteering for all of these like political events in cities all over the fucking country. Okay. I still get emails from Swing Left Santa Cruz and I'm like, guys, I, I'm not, it's not me. No. Oh God. But like, it was both, it was mostly, I mean, honestly, thankfully, it was mostly like democratic stuff. Yeah. But then there were like several weird Trump lists. Yeah. That, felt, so that was like weird. more of a troll. I just was like a little bit like, it was an inconvenience, but I handled it. So, like, okay, I guess. Yeah. You win. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, dude. That's why I feel like, I feel like, I don't know that anyone would necessarily even bother to, like, troll me or prank me in that way. Um, But I do believe, you know, every time you sign up for something and they assure you that they won't sell your email or phone number, just remember all the times you signed up for something where they did not assure you that they wouldn't sell your email or your phone number. And I'm assuming that they did. So uh, somehow I'm like on all these Republican like text lists and I'm like, well, to be honest, like it just feels cathartic to say no and, you know, to Go unsubscribe. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I never, I don't do that because I'm like, I don't know. It could just be like some person who needs the whatever $15 an hour. I hope they're getting paid. Oh my God. Wait, but speaking of this, yeah, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. That Dr. Oz like murdered all of these puppies. Did you fucking see that? Listen, how oh long? Oh my God. He's how a long fucking have I sociopath. Been- I mean, the, it was like animal testing, right? For yeah, like his products. But, he, but it was like fucking torture. That's like wild. Tortured puppies. Like basically, oh my God. Like it is, I actually can't talk about it because it is so fucking deeply upsetting, yeah. but it is very real. He is like, it has been confirmed by like whatever. And they, yeah. did, like, they did this investigation and found out that he had done 
really intense animal testing and like horrific, like horrific and hundreds, hundreds of animals, hundreds of puppies. Yeah. Puppies. Puppies. Here's how I feel about this. And I've been saying this for years. If you remember Dr. Oz's show, it was not uncommon for him to just hold up some like real life organs on the show, which I'm not. (laughs) I did make a joke that I thought Dr. Oz was a serial killer back then because of how many how he had access to so many real life organs. But like, is he a serial killer? (laughs) I don't know. But I will say I remember I I had to go on his fucking show for Girls Five Five Eva. Yeah. And I was so like, just like. This is, and it was before I even knew, you know, yeah, the the extent of his like insanity and republicanism. Like I, yeah, didn't, this was anyway. I mean, anyway. obviously, had I known, yeah. I would not have. But but I do honestly feel shit. like anyone anyone who's like holding up like real life organs i this is how i honestly feel if you're holding up like real life organs on your daytime talk show for like a wow factor like i i do think that's a little weird i think it's a little weird because it's not in like a scientific study capacity and like for me like i don't want to be like I'm not overly sensitive, but I am sensitive. And I'm like, that was a part of a person. You know what I mean? It's not like... Well, you know, back in the day when it first came out, the like body works exhibit thing. Oh, right. The bodies exhibit. Yes. That That then we found out like maybe this was... They were like, it was not... It was ill-gotten... Bodies, bodies and people who had not consented to these things. And I remember it was, this was a very, very, this was like 20 years ago, I would right, say. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I remember who I was with and like, haven't seen that person in fucking <laughs> 18 years. So. In a minute. Um, and it was at the California Science Center at the time. Right. And we were walking around and I just started like sobbing hysterically. Like I couldn't do it. I was like really, really fucked up by it. Yeah. And he was like, I mean, okay, can you calm down? I mean, again, such a dick. (sighs) Uh, And I was like, no, this is really fucking disturbing. Yeah. I didn't understand, like when I had seen the ads for it or whatever, I didn't understand what it was. Right. And in case you guys don't know, I'll just explain it because I feel like maybe you don't. I don't know. But it's like those exhibits where it shows all of the veins or all of the muscle groups or all of the bones, but they're like of of a human body and like babies and children. And the weirdest part about the exhibit to me is that they're like posed like in activities doing things. Right. Which is very strange. Um, but there, it's a process. I didn't know this. Like, I thought it was some sort I thought it was some sort of like replica. Right. Right. That they were able to like a sculptural replica, like a 3d printer, if you will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is what I, in my head, this was before 3d printers existed (laughs) truly, but it was like, that was what I thought it was. I thought it was like someone had built it with like wax and wires. Yeah. But what it really was 
was some fucking insane process where they would put some kind of plastic. Yeah, like plastic. In, and, yeah. In whatever it was that they were showing the muscle, the muscles, the yeah. organs, or the blood vessels, or whatever the fuck. Right, right. And then like dissolve the rest of the body. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think basically. Yeah. yeah. It was a it's lot. So fucked up. Yeah. So you're not looking, it's not like, it's not like it was like manufactured. It was right. a person. It was real and it had been a person. And it had been a human. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that always gets me. Like, but I, like so many people were so able. Did you ever see that exhibit? I never did. You ever did. Go to, I, I couldn't. Did you, you knew what it was though, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, because you weren't fucking 20 two years old and an idiot like me. <laughs> uh, I did know what it was. But even I remember back in high school, like we had two skeletons in my biology class mm -hmm. and one was an adult skeleton and one was a child skeleton. And I remember just thinking like, what were the circumstances under which these people died and how did they, you know, when was it and how did their you know, part of their remains come to be here. And I'm sure it was a sad story. But anyway, I do hold like some reverence for that. So yeah, I am, I gotta be honest, like a TV talk show doctor, like holding up someone's uh, fatty liver or what? Yeah. Fatty liver, colon, whatever, what have you. I do think it's like a little bit, you know. Okay. Well, I'm going to go one step further. He's a fucking sociopath. And the fact that like that guy and then Oh my God. What's his name? The guy that's like barely cognitive, 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 busy. Come on. Herschel Walker. Oh yeah. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. Herschel Walker who like was abusive to his ex wife and children is clearly a person that has deep issues and yeah. brain damage. It sounds like it's possible that he legitimately has like, CTE or something from his athletic career. He for sure has CTE. Yeah. I will diagnose it right now. Yeah. I'm and, not a doctor. Yeah. I am more of a doctor than Dr. Oz. <laughs> right. If we're being real, let's be real. Right. But then all the, all the everything with like, it came out that he paid for an abortion and like now his son, who is also like a conservative social media star. Oh, right. That guy? Absolutely of, not, sir. But it's like- Get the fuck out of here. It's like performance art and just like, I don't- And and also, it doesn't matter because nobody doesn't cares. Doesn't if you're supporting Herschel Walker, you don't care if he paid for a thousand abortions. No, you don't care. All you care is that he's saying he's against them now. I don't actually understand like what the fuck- Oh my God, look, I just got an email. Dr. Oz and the puppies. Oh God. <laughs> Everything you're talking about is just happening. In real time. In real time. Weird. It is so fucked. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. Um, are you feel how are you feeling about everything? Because I know yesterday you were like. Was that just only yesterday? That was a week ago. That I know, isn't it so weird? Yeah. I feel like um, doing the microdosing makes time pass really slowly, which is so weird. Maybe I'll join you in the microdosing. 
Why not do it? I mean, you might as well. Someone else who we know, who I won't call out, um, told me that they tried it as well, but they didn't really feel anything. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely feeling things. I have these micro dosing pills that I've oh, been taking a little interesting. bit. Yeah. Okay. I took them in Toronto. Not <laughs> not before, not the day of our show though. I don't. I no judgment if you wanted to have taken them before then. Great. Um. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Somebody was also telling me that they grow their own mushrooms in, uh, like, you know, the, the bags of boiling rice, like that you, you like put a bag, they like inject the spores into the rice bags to grow the mushrooms. Oh, interesting. I thought it was interesting. I can't grow anything, um, except for my roots out. So I don't think I'll be, <laughs> I don't think I'll be trying to grow my own mushrooms, but I did think it was interesting and I admire anyone that does it. Although I did get Matt one of those like mushroom logs one time where, have you ever seen like around oh, yeah. the holidays they always sell? And he did grow some delicious mushrooms on that log for a while, but it was well, also nice. kind of like messing up the vibe of our house. Cause you have to keep it in a really specific place and like a a bin of water or whatever. It's not like, it's not attractive, you know? Oh my God. Literally, I'm so confused by my Instagram feed. Oh, I wanted to talk to you about Kiki Palmer launching her own platform. I was so thrilled about it. I love Kiki Palmer so much. Yeah, I love you know everything she's she does. Legit, like my fucking favorite. Yeah. And the fact that she's launching her own platform, she is like... 26 years old or whatever the <laughs> fuck she is. I remember when she was on Busy Tonight and I was just like, she's a goddamn star. She's a star. A, a star and and yeah, she's like a mogul. Yeah. She's a mogul. And her platform's um, gonna be better than Jeremy Renner's. Hands down. Reese Witherspoon wrote a children's book called Busy Betty. I don't know about that. I'm sorry right. to that to that headline. I don't know. <laughs> I guess she, I guess she did. That's cool. <laughs> no, I just it's on her to celebrate the launch of Reese Witherspoon's new children's book, Busy Betty. Okay. Okay. She does a lot that Reese Witherspoon. I feel like she has a team of people suggesting things for her to do. She's really diversified. She's got clothes. She's got NFTs. She's got children books. I can't wait to fucking diversify. (laughs) Only someone would help me with my fucking laundry. I would diversify. Let me tell you a fucking true story. If I could just get like some apples in my pantry and my laundry done and put away, I am... If I could get some curtains hung, okay, and uh, just like some Epsom and some Epsom salts in my bathroom, I am ready to diversify. I can't wait. I can't wait, Casey. If I could pay the money off that I owe the government, yes, <laughs> that I didn't know I owed them, oh I God. would take that money, reinvest it in myself. And diversify. But you know what? You know where I'm at right now? I'm in a rebuilding phase. You're just, you're going out and getting your own damn apples. 
I'm washing your own laundry. I actually sent my laundry out last week because I couldn't deal. Uh, you, I don't trust people to do my laundry. I mean, not that I don't think that they're going to like sniff my underwear or whatever, but I just am so particular. I would like about- be like, good for you. Enjoy. Enjoy that. <laughs> that's good for you. I'm good for you. So if that's particular. what you're into, fucking snuff it. You know what I mean? Get it. Yeah. I mean, why not? But, Get like- your fucking shit on as long as I don't have to know about it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's where you could probably make a killing. Set up some underwear vending machines. Sell my dirty underwear? Well, you just said you don't care. I don't, but like, also, I don't, I'm not asking for it. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Okay, um, I'm just saying. I just, I just don't want my underwear to get like, bleach on it or whatever or if it happens I want it to have been me that did it here's the thing though like I have so many um busy betties in my house from time to time that just I have more gorgeous sweaters that have been shrunk yeah underwear that have been bleached like all that shit and I more so trust the laundry services here in New York City than my own hamper yeah yeah because I feel like People get like, I'm going to help you out. And by help you out, I'm going to ruin all of the things you love. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that. I get that. You know what I mean? Yep. I understand that. That's why, well, here's why why I never get ahead. Because all of these things, I'm like, if things go wrong, I want to have myself to blame for my things. Like, if I'm going to ruin, if something's going to be ruined, I want it to be ruined by my hand. So that, but- that means that, like, I have a hard time delegating and that, you know, I need to get over my trust issues with other people and accept that everybody messes up sometimes just because my Nana bleached my Yvonne Gulagong yellow polo when I was eight and ruined You understand it. I spent three hours restretching out my favorite sweater that Erica had gotten me on Busy Tonight. And I, and it got shrunk to like basically Gina sized. Oh no. Like it wasn't, it was like smaller than cricket. Cause a person in my household decided to just be kind and do laundry. Yeah, sure. Sure, And I, but I did it. I restretched it. And here's what I'm just going to tell you guys real fast. You can always Google, but you know what the secret is? Conditioner. Yeah. Hair conditioner. I did know that because I have uh, also ruined a cashmere sweater that was a favorite of someone in this house because I was trying to be kind. Guys, here's, you know what? That There are some inalienable truths in life, like no good deeds go <laughs> unpunished. And I'm just going to tell you that if you see a pile of laundry that's not yours and you're like, I'm going to do a mitzvah, put it the fuck down. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. No one wants you to do it. Don't do it. <laughs> or you can do it, but you have to go into it with full awareness. You have to look at the items and, you know, read the tags. I'm going to say don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to say don't do it. I'm just going to say don't do it. You don't know. You don't know. Don't do it. Don't touch it. Don't at the same it. time, at the same time, if you're, if someone has a load of laundry in the wash, don't just throw it in the dryer. Can't. Can't do that either. You can't do it. You can't do it Place without. Place it. Gently on top of the dryer, if you need the washer, then that person is free. 
to go. Pick apart the things that go into the dryer and the things that get hung to dry. There you go. There you go. It's it's important, you know? It's These are life lessons, guys. These are the things that we all need to support one another in. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, this has been a wonderful bonus 4 hours of our lives. I uh yeah, I don't even know if I got through all the things that I wanted to tell you. But we'll talk another time. Oh, Botox. I'm feeling Bo- like I should get Botox. Oh, you're going to get Botox. No, I'm not going to get Botox. Just you're chill out. Like just chill should. the fuck okay. out, all right. Casey. Okay. I'm just feeling like this this thing right here has just been bugging me. My I don't have an 11. I have a 1. Mm-hmm. It bums me the fuck out. I also have this white mole under my... So I basically have an exclamation point. <laughs> I have an exclamation point right here. I get this white mole like burned down and removed every like five years because okay. I just don't need it on my face and yeah. I don't care. Um, And it's a white mole. It's not like one of my other moles, which is like a mark on my face. And I feel like identifies me. It's just like right. skin. Yeah. It's I know. Like a, I have a it's thing. a glorified skin tag. I have a thing on the bottom of my lip that I really hate, but it, can't be taken off. It's been taken off and it just immediately comes back. Oh, well, no, the white mold does come back. That's like, I always yeah. know that because I don't get it cut out because I don't want to yeah. scar. I just get it like burned down a little. Sorry yeah. if you guys can't deal with this. <laughs> um, But I've just really recently been like, also, I've been crying a lot because of world events sure. slash this country slash I was talking to Leanne today. It's Leanne's birthday. Happy birthday, Leanne. Happy birthday, Leanne. I miss you. <laughs> That's your so sister. My sister. You don't remember. Um, so I was talking to Leanne today for her birthday, and then we it turned to the politics of of Arizona. And she was saying, Oh, if you want to talk to my friend Katie, who's running for governor, Leanne's friend Katie. Oh wow. Uh, against that literal crazy lady. Oh, right. Who is like Trump supporter, election denier. Yeah. That's the thing is like so many of these, that's part of what's making me nervous. Is that like we're post-truth? Is that we're post-truth and that these, like I, I don't understand how this spell hasn't been broken yet. And like, it feels crazy to me a a little bit like, or it's hard for me to understand how we're supposed to deprogram people. Yeah. Like these people, like people have been brainwashed. Like in so many ways, I mean, there are certain people I don't feel any fucking like, I don't care, you know, I'm not, I don't feel sorry for you or whatever. Right. But a lot of, a lot of the people that really like believe this stuff, I feel like they've been truly indoctrinated and brainwashed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure that there is, some science behind like how this has been accomplished. 
I just know that like this hasn't been a very honest country for a really long time. Like we just we have a no, lot. No, it's been. Of- wait, did you ever? Did you see that? Did you see that thing? I think it was, was it Michael Harriet. Harriet. Oh you know yeah, the yeah. Writer Michael Harriet. Yeah. I think he had a thread a couple of weeks ago. I should try to find it. But it's literally about how we've become more dishonest as the years have gone on. Yeah. About our transgressions in our history yeah. as a country and as like and white people in this country and founding forefathers and things. And a lot of it has to do with the daughters of the revolution, yeah. which is like a fascinating hate group. Right, right. The DAR. Um, the DAR. Uh, and how textbooks have actually gotten sort of more whitewashed. Yeah as the years have gone on and that there used to be the further you get from the from people being alive who were there when it happened right the more history is able to be manipulated right 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 yeah and then you know and we're also talking about like a lot of people are 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 christian and you know and uh, or just various faiths. And um, and I want to say this in a way that is thoughtful and not, like I think that good Christians are good Christians, but I think that a lot of all religions, the stories and the parables that we learned are, are, are like kind of, you know, they're magical and like mythology, mythologically based and um and you know uh a lot of stories from religion to religion are similar if you were to compare them uh because that's like part of like our oral history as a people um but i think also like a lot of people just flat out like literally think that you know things in their religious uh text of choice literally happened, you know? And so that's a, that's a hard place to be coming from. And then, you know, when you're talking about, well, I I mean, yeah, now we're just talking about things that like couldn't be possible as if they're true and they're no longer like parables like religious parables or whatever they're it's like our current history and it's disturbing just because like how do you argue with someone that won't believe the truth that's right in front of their eyes how do you make them see the truth I don't know I don't either I don't know And, you know, and while while we're struggling with that, we're also struggling with how do you make someone feel empathy for someone who is not them? And, you know, and there, I know there's countless experiments on how difficult that is to make someone feel for someone who's in another place, who looks different, who has a different life. And, uh, and you know, I know that when I mean, we, listen, for me, they don't even need to have skin. And I feel exactly. And you're feeling it. Yeah. Empathy for them. Right. And so that's a thing. That's a challenge for us is to like share people's stories, but it's hard because you shouldn't have to um, put 
trauma on display. You shouldn't have to make a show of trauma in order to to get someone to acknowledge your existence and and your plea for humanity. So that's we're in a we're in a fucking tough place. It's a tough time and should I get botox? <laughs> <gasps> well, I would I would say that I would be so nervous. I'm so nervous. I would say a tough time is the best time to get Botox because right. that's when you're messing I'm your face up you, the most. Listen, can I just say, okay, I just have to say this. Yeah. Yes. I am older than I've ever been. That is true. An inalienable fact. I am older today than I have ever been before. Right. However, I also have just been frowning so much. I yeah. literally catch myself walking past places and I'm frowning. You're scowling cuz well you scowling. You have, I have such an interior life that I have it that's you know what, Casey? Thank you for acknowledging my interior <laughs> life. I really appreciate it. I do have such an interior life, but also like these things I don't stop thinking about these things yeah, as so I'm you're, walking through the city as I'm you're listening wearing to music. Your inner yes. thoughts on your face. Yes. Correct. And we've always said I have no poker face. Right. And I, you know, I've been struggling too, like even just like social media, like with the situation in Iran and my friends who have family there or who are Iranian and have come to the United States and they're like, we have to keep the social media stuff up, you know, like that it, it is helpful. Yeah. But I'm like, like just stories? Are there hashtags? Like what am I doing? Do I right. am I posting on the my main feed? What am I even posting anymore? Like everything feels impossible right. to navigate. Am I just a fashion influencer? Should we just commit to that? That's the <laughs> post that's had the most likes in recent days. So it's like so hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. To know how to even be a person. So I'm just like tromping through this city just digging this line into my fucking face. And I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, maybe Botox would feel good because it would like just alleviate the frown. Yeah. I mean, I implicitly trust, I still trust and trusted my New York City derm to do injections if you would like to visit her. And she would tell you if she thought you shouldn't get it. And she will also use a very small amount on you so that you can get used to it and invite you back to get more if you thought you needed more. Anyway. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I swear by that lady. She's, uh, she was. Literally, I have, it's so funny. I have like so many DMs that are just like, it's 50-50. Yeah. It is like so many people that are like, girl, get the fucking Botox. <laughs> and then so many people that are like, don't do it. Once you start, then you can't stop. That's not true. Once you start, you can totally let it wear off and never do it again. Okay. Uh, and also, I think because it's not permanent, then it's something that like I never... Here's what I, I know about I filler. I never judge anyone when they- Have you ever had filler? Yes, I've had filler. Okay. The only time I've had filler is because I had um, like an acne- Like a 
pit spot a pit yeah. in my yeah. forehead and the and like it actually if you have just FYI guys if you have like an acne pit you can put filler in it and for I, I can't remember I think it was Rejuvederm yeah. was the one that I used mm-hmm. and it was the doctor explained that it actually helps promote the collagen in that area yeah because a lot of times acne pits will like restore themselves uh-huh naturally over time yeah but if you're going to be on camera like and might you have a hole it. in your forehead yeah, you might want to you want to have in. it filled in yeah so i had that filled in and this is what i do know about me and filler it i am like certain people it turns purple under their skin oh no and you can see it it looks like it's not a bruise it literally looks like light blue like you have a light blue dot on your forehead or something Hmm. so it did not turn purple under my skin or blue it was yes people like it the doctor was saying like that is it's um Certain people get that. It's just the kind of skin, I don't know, kind of skin yeah. you have. I don't know. Oh, interesting. So yeah, I don't I, think I'll be going for a filler moment, you know? Don't go for a filler moment. Yeah, I um, I asked my dermatologist, her name's Adele Quintana, if anyone's wondering, in New York City. Um, every I asked her all the time, can I get lasers? Can I get Botox? Can I get filler? And she said no every year for so many years until I was finally like well into my 40s. And then she was like, you can get a little filler, a little filler. And she showed me where she would put it. And I told Matt that I was going to get it done. And he was like, please don't do it. You know, same thing, like the 50-50. If I would have done a poll, Matt would have been on the side of like, please don't do it. I love your face, how it is, blah, 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 blah. I went, I, because I, I never do it, he says, because automatically if he asked me, like, and he never would. That was the one time where he was like, you know, if I'm like, I'm going to shave my head and shave off my eyebrows, he's like, great. You know, I think that'll be a fun thing to do. But uh, this was the one time where he was like, I wish you wouldn't because I love your face. And like, I think he was nervous too. She gave me a little bit of filler on one side of like the, my nasolabial fold because I smile, I have like a crooked smile, as we know from uh, Tom's one hour photo. I have a wacky, no, he's just, no, just wacky smile, just a wacky one-sided smile often. And so one of my nasolabial folds was uh, deeper. I actually don't have one at all on one side and I had a pronounced one on one side and then under my eyes were like a little sunken because you lose like fat under your eyes as you get older. Why you lose fat in your face, the one place where you could just always want to have fat. I don't know why, but as you get older. I love that I lost so much fat in my face as I really? got older. I, it looks, honestly, if you look, and I've been on television since I was a child, <gasps> and you can look at the side-by-sides and people literally think I've had work done. And I'm and like, no. I haven't. It is just childbirth and yeah. losing fat in yeah. my face. It's interesting. So yeah, you'll just lose that fat over time in your face. And uh, so I got filler in those two places. And um, my husband was like, oh, it actually looks really good. It looks pretty good. You look good. I have a friend who's, um, who's like partner was always like, please don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Blah, blah. And then she did and like didn't tell him, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And he was like, God, you look amazing recently. Like, have you been, <laughs> like, have you been, is this like your new workout? Are you drinking more water? Like literally did the whole thing. Like, yeah, you look fucking great. Guys, rest assured, 
You know you're going to hear about it if I do it. If you get it done. Yeah. I'm still on the fence. I am getting a laser next week. So I might get the laser first. And then this was a gift, another birthday gift from Michelle, really pampering me. Aww. I know, my friend, my friend. Um, So I am going to get a laser done next week. And I might wait for that. And then I'll see how I feel. And I may do some Botox. But I almost wonder if I come back to LA and go to Dr. Sam because I really trust her or yeah. if I see your gal here. I don't fucking I know I mean, this. here's the thing. Or Jenny just, Mullen has lots of people. I'm lots. sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I just think you have to go to someone that's going to listen to all your anxiety about it, listen to all your questions about it, answer honestly, not just shoot a bunch of shit in your face because it's like convenient for them. Like that's what I loved about Dr. Adele is she put, she was like, it's easier to put it in than it is to take it out. So I'm going to put a teeny bit, see how you like it. Come back in a couple weeks. I'll save your vial of injectable in my fridge with your name on it. If you want more, we'll give you a little more. If you don't want more, then fine, we're done. You know, so I, that's the one thing that I would be nervous about is if somebody is like, I'm going to put it here, 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 you know, and you really need it here. I don't want someone talking me into it. I want someone hearing what I want, then telling me what can be done and saying like, actually, in fact, let's do a little less and see how it turns out. Because I've certainly seen people that, um, you know. Well, here's what I would say. And I'm just going to say this to anyone who cares to hear it out there. There is a point where you lose the plot of your face. Yeah. You look like a fucking bouncy castle. And I've seen it happen. And it's really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when it happens. Because you're just like, oh, shit, you were fucking great looking. And like, then it just went over... Like you were like in a barrel at Niagara Falls. Yeah. And you just went right on over and you never come back, you know? <laughs> yeah, But like it is, it is difficult. It's like, it's hard out here, man. It's, it's hard. That's why I think just, you know, go slow, little tiny tweaks. And also like you shouldn't feel any shame about it because. He, oh, I. Think- I- Believe me. I know you don't. Your girl doesn't feel any fucking shame. I've done done lots of lasers. I did freeze the fat back in the day after I, in between my children when I was on Cougar Town. And I really felt like so much pressure to be so skinny when I was on that like network television show, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember doing, I did that freeze the fat thing and it was so weird. And I hid it from Mark at the time. And he was like- I remember he was like, a couple days later, he's like, why do you have all those bruises on you? And I was like, I don't know. Why do I? That's weird. <laughs> I <laughs> like, fell down a ladder? <laughs> just in like two stripes on my hips, I guess. I don't know. He like truly was just like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> nothing. You know what I mean? So oh I did that God. once and I was a little bit like, meh. I mean, I actually think, I actually do think I went to a really good place for that procedure. Yeah. I was also 32 years old or whatever, <gasps> you know, like I was like a baby. Yeah. Um, But it did, it would, it like did work. Yeah. When I, like when I did it. And then I did a co- like several years ago, like maybe like seven years ago or something. Wait, how old is Cricket? Nine. Yeah. Nine. So probably seven years ago, this thing came out that was like, 
this weird thing that like contracts your muscles and it's supposed to be like you do a bunch of sit-ups or something. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But you like, but like at a med spa vibe. Okay. Yeah. So I did that on my stomach because I've like been trying to avoid any kind of surgical intervention in my stomach, even though I like truly do have medical diastasis. Yeah, yeah. Which is the separation of your stomach muscles. Yeah. The only way to fix it is surgery. Right. Well, they say you can do exercise, but I mean, obviously. Hi, Casey, have you met me? I know that's what I'm saying. And not only did I do exercise, I like did physical therapy specifically for it. Yeah. And this like muscle vibration machine, whatever, was supposed to help with that as well. Nothing. No. Guys, no. Anyway, also, I forgot to tell you, I'm not doing the other job, the money job. Oh, you're not? No. The the money job that that led to Harry? It it fell through. I'm sort of wondering if it fell through because I talked about it in Toronto, but also they didn't say that. And I, I have to just take people for their word at their word. And if it did fall through because I talked about it in Toronto, I don't know. That's me. I, I guess then they then they really didn't want to work with me. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. But I am sorry that that happened. I'm sorry-ish, but I'm also like kind of grateful because I do feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I was like ready to, I don't know. If you were microdosing, you'd be like, the reason that I was up for that job was to bring me into a position where my kid could meet Harry Styles and that was accomplished. And so, excuse me, I'm so sorry. You think that wasn't what I literally said <laughs> then when I found out? To, you don't need to microdose. <laughs> You're already no, I, there. I legitimately was like, I texted the woman and yeah. I was like, look, honestly, I don't know why all of this has happened, but I do know that you like gave me the greatest gift of all time. So, like, I do owe you one and like that's what that is. You know? Aw, that's so nice. I'm glad you I I'm glad you were you were there. You were mentally there. Well, she was just like, I'm so she was so apologetic and I was I was literally like, girl, like I mean <laughs> it could she use the money? She could. Yeah. But do I have faith that like the universe it's just energetic. Like I have faith. I've like regained my faith in the energy of the universe like bringing me whatever it is that I'm going to need and it'll be fine and enough so that I'm okay. And that I can like also pay it forward. And then maybe, maybe Casey, we can reinvest in ourselves. Maybe we can reinvest. Well, when my fashion influencer. Well, we've got, we have, okay, here are things and maybe we should do a poll. Yeah. Should we just, Tell the people what we're thinking of doing. Yeah. And they can tell us what they want. Yes. Okay. Here are our thoughts. Number one, a good canned wine. With lower alcohol. With lower alcohol by volume so that you can drink more. That's my request. Yes. Because I really like drinking rosé and I would drink a full, I've almost had a whole bottle just now. Yeah. But I need less alcohol per volume. I don't want to be that drunk. Yeah. I mean, this like is the year- Sunday of Wednesdays, but you know what I mean? A year-round rosé. A year-round rosé. With lower alcohol. Lower alcohol by, by volume so that it's like 
two cans is really like three glasses of wine, but really gives you the effect of two glasses of wine. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the one idea. That's one idea. Number two idea is our fashion brand. Yes. Which we really want to do. Yeah. Which is just a couple staples. Mm Mm-hmm. Of things in sustainable fabrics. Yes. And things that we love to wear. Inclusively sized. Truly inclusively sized. And fashion forward. (laughs) Okay. That's two. Do we have another one? Maybe. I feel like, no, I feel like those are the two main ones that we've been interested in. Those are the two main ones. Yeah. You guys let us know. Sound off in the comments below. (laughs) Tell us which one you'd be interested in first because, I mean, in success, one could facilitate the other. Well, that's true. Yeah. And the clothes are like, it's hard to describe. It's just like some staples. Yeah. Period. What's your like, what's your favorite go-to staple in your closet right now? Me? Yeah. Currently? Yeah. That blazer that I just like scammed another one. Because <laughs> I like, I, w- I literally like tagged the brand. Yes. And they kind of like DM'd, you know, they slid into the DMs. And yeah. I was like, it is literally my favorite blazer current. Like I'm obsessed with it. I love it so much. Oh, and nice. Then they offered to send me another one in a different color. And I was like, um, <laughs> yeah. It's a dream. It's a dream. Thank you. Thank oh you. I appreciate it. Oh, and then finally, this is what I want to do. So we got us, we're going to start talking about these live shows. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. But guys, already, like, I know, like, my representation is like, I mean, we can start looking at, like, maybe next year. And I wish we could do it sooner than that. Like, and maybe we, maybe there's a version where we can find some shows sooner than that. Yeah. On the East Coast. You know? Yeah. I think we, I think we maybe could. Yeah. Book some places. Yeah. Because we had the best time. Not a lot. It's, the live show was not as much downloaded as our other shows. And so we were curious if people were like, I don't really want to listen to that because I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like, I, I don't want to, or like, it's just like the sound's not great. Like, I don't, yeah. it's yeah. not for me. Yeah. And just let us know because honestly, we could do what those fucking girls do. Right. And just do live shows that are like just for you. Right. You know? Right. Which maybe is like more special in a way. I have wondered that. I wondered that. And also uh, they were saying, you know, we're talking about the girls, the women from Girls Gotta Eat. They were saying that they repeat material. How old from, are they? I don't know. They're just adults. You know, I don't, I'm going to say in their 30s, probably. In their 30s. Okay. 
Um, I hope I'm going to say they're in their 30s and hope they're not in their 20s. But if they're in their 20s and I said they're in their 30s, it's just because they're, uh, you know, mature ladies talking about sex. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. um, but they said that they repeat material um, in shows, which we wouldn't because we are not doing like written material. We're just we're just talking. So, um, yeah, so I'd, I'd love to know more about it too. It's a little bit of a labor of love, you know, those, those live shows. So mad respect to anyone that's out there doing it. And, uh, but it was super fun for us. So we'd like to do it more. And, and honestly, guys, it was super fun for you. (laughs) (laughs) Just the people who were there. The people who were Um, there. Wait, I was on Add to Cart. Wait, this is so yes, funny too. You were on Add to, to Cart with Kulop and Suchin, my two faves. I know, but like this is where we always are like annoyed when people don't post about our podcast. I literally never post about being on other people's podcasts. And, and well, well, part of it I think is my assistant. I'm sorry, guys. It's I love Blake so much. He doesn't listen to this podcast. I just think, you know what I mean? Like, I just need a little bit more, like, support. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, that's <laughs> for me to figure out. Um, yeah. You. You'll, that's, you'll, I know from Hoffman. I know from Hoffman. You'll figure it out. Here's a microdosing um, update. I feel like I got up and did like the, uh, the regular podcast came out today and we stay Mm -hmm. up pretty late working on the podcast, Josh and I, and Josh, by the way, shout out to Josh. He worked through a migraine yesterday and I had a migraine yesterday that I then, that I then decided was a sinus infection. uh, Josh, you and Josh have all the same are on the same journey. Yeah. Same journey. And he also thinks it might have something to do with his sinuses. Hi, Josh. Um, but he worked really hard through a migraine. We worked pretty late. And then um, I credit the mushrooms with me being able to, because sometimes when the podcast comes out, it's like um, when you eat like a lot of brownies, like fresh, fresh baked brownies. And you're just like, the next day, you just don't want to eat the leftover brownies because yeah. you're mm-hmm, like over mm-hmm. brownies. Um, or like when you write something and you don't want to edit it because you're you're done, you know. Um, that's how sometimes I feel about doing all the social media posts for the for the podcast. But today I got up and just did it like first thing. Without you did even... such a good one. And then I was going to ask you to send me send me that video one and I'll post that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. If you can text it to me because then I feel like... I don't know. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I feel I like, like people that maybe I, that gets more. Views. I learned a new skill, how to make like a little audiogram. I don't know. Uh, how to do that. You know. So anyway, that that's one thing I can say for, that I give the credit to the mushrooms. Just being like, bitch, get up and learn how to make an audiogram. You gotta. I mean, I appreciate that. <laughs> so um, yeah, so all that. Uh, yeah, I think um, I'm excited. I think we're gonna do a lot of fun things in the, in the coming year. And, uh, I, I think that fall is like an excellent time, you know, well, it's like when you go back to school and you think of who you're going to be in the coming year. And, uh, I think that you and I are thinking about that a little bit, like who we're going to be and who we're going to (sighs) become. Ain't that the fucking truth. And it's going to be wine selling, fashion designing, fashion influencers who go on tour 
and fucking change the world, guys. And fucking change the world. Keep talking about the shit that matters. <laughs> and maybe you know get I mean? a little, maybe get a little Botox, but no promises. I might. I might. I might. <laughs> I might. Thanks for um, listening to us. It was fun to, uh, it was fun to hang out and do an extra little bonus pod, an ad-free bonus pod. Uh, just because Busy was like, oh, shoot, I had a headache and I didn't say some of the things I wanted to say. And we were like, hey, we're our own bosses. We can get on here and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Truly, we are our own bosses. And we did it. And we really did it. Wait, what, what, else, what else was I going to tell you? Was there some, <laughs> one more thing. You should have made God a list. I really need to make a list. <sighs> Do you know, wait, I want to tell you about something. I'm going to try to do this. Do you know in the notes app on your phone, you can share that note with a person and we could both work on the same note and it would update in both of our phones? No. That's how my husband does the grocery list for the family. All right. Take it easy. Listen, here's what we should do for next week's show. This is our assignment. Yes. Let's do a shared notes app. Okay. And as from today until then... As things come into our heads that we're like, oh, I want to talk about that on the podcast. Yeah. We'll, we'll add it. Add a note. We'll add it. And, and then it alerts you when the other person adds a note so everybody knows. But then we can go back through on, maybe on air. Yeah. And just like discuss what we're going to go through. There we go. I literally thought Gina was back here. She's not. This is the cutest thing. One of our babysitters, Quinn is uh, observing Yom Kippur today, and, but is away from her family because she's not from New York. Right. She's young. And she asked if she could come get Gina. So she had some company today. Aww. And I was like, Quinn, I would literally be honored for Gina to spend Yom Kippur with you. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. So she came over this morning and took Gina so that she could like have Gina on her day of fasting and reflecting and like oh. walk with her and like just be with some person, you know. I love that. Well, I, I hope know. Gina made her day easier. Well, we know Gina made her day easier. <laughs> the greatest gift that the earth ever gave me was Gina Linetti, my dog. <laughs> It was supposed to be Birdie's dog. Wow. And I ne- and I did not approve of this dog purchase because I'm like, we have to rescue a dog. And then it all happened when I was out of town. If you guys don't know the story, that's the story. And let me tell you something. It was the greatest gift to me ever. That's how it always happens. I always feel like. Yeah, she's my baby. When you have like... um when you have like feelings about a situation that involves an animal, whenever you're like not on board with an animal situation, that animal just tones in on your that, life. focuses on that energy and is like, I'm going to change your mind about me. It wasn't even that. Like that's what happened with Verdell, the cat that Gina yeah. is, re- reincarnated is reincarnated from. Yeah. Um, but Gina was just like, it just so clearly immediately was like my life's purpose. (laughs) (laughs) 
to raise this dog as my own child, you know? Yeah. That's your third baby. Oh, a hundred percent. I've said that. I said that to Birdie, but I was like, I had a third child. It's this golden doodle (laughs) that you see before you who like just cuddles me, provides so much comfort, like loves me so dearly. And I love her so dearly. And so it was just so sweet that one of our babysitters, you know, has a real connection with jeans and was like, just needed a little Gina time today. So uh, that's very sweet and very generous of you <laughs> to lend Gina out, to loan her out. I think that Gina, I'm going to say like in, in like two more years, Gina would be a great hospital visitor dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like she's not great right now just because she still kind of like gets too she's excitable. Yeah. She's not a puppy anymore, babe. I mean, it makes me sad. She's going to be three in January. I you know, she has of, the magical birthday. What's the magical birthday? Well, Please. she's 111. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. a magical birthday. I know. My little baby. I still think of our girls as puppies, even though they're old ladies now. So, you know, you just see the puppy in them. I don't think of them as puppies. No, you think of them as murderers because that's I think what of they, them as, yeah. yeah that's what they really are. But even, you know, moms of murderers love their babies. Do they? I th- I mean I think I, it's com- I think it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. I think it's complicated. But I do. I love think we them. can't say for sure. <laughs> this is different, though. Um, all right. Well, guys, thanks for hanging out with us for these extra two hours. Don't tell anyone, but this was the real podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon. Oh, no.